Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the American Rugby Show. I am one of your hosts, Alex Corbusero, joined by the most capped USA Rugby Eagle in history, Todd Clever, and none other than former USMLR Coach of the Year, Rob Hoadley. The band are back together. Round two back in it, guys. And uh, this is obviously the MLR breakdown. This is where we get into everything going on the MLR. And lots to talk about. You know, where do we start? Semi-finals happen this weekend. And um, very close, exciting games. And it just shows what knockout rugby can do to the MLR. So I'll start with Hodes. Hodes, opening thoughts. Uh, opening thoughts, mate. Well, I, I got up to LA for the game uh, and just blown away by the occasion, actually. You know, and, you know, my initial thoughts were, I mean, this league really has moved on this year. And, you know, Todd's talked about it a lot on the pod, but coming off no uh, pre-season, no prep, uh, the COVID break, no games missed, and then you you put together an occasion like that. I mean, I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the night before, you've got a one point game, and it's just incredible for the for the game in this country uh, that we have the parity that we have, and we have new teams competing each year and putting their best foot forward. It was unbelievable to see the fans, the crowd, the atmosphere. Unreal. Todd. No, it's unreal. I mean, that's uh, it was finals rugby. You know, it was going to be always going to be tight contest. Uh, on the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, it was going to hot and humid Atlanta, you know, squeaking away that uh, that victory from Rooney, uh, you know, winning 10-9. to 9. What a game. And then, uh, obviously, the Western Conference Finals being hosted at the L.A. Coliseum. Uh, Giltini's taking on Utah. And, I mean, what an atmosphere, as, uh, as Hose was, uh, was alluding to. I mean, the halftime entertainment, the crowd was getting into it. I mean, it was all there and uh, action-packed and I mean there was a lot of drama there was no uh, no easy uh, e- easy set bones uh, in, in the body so it was, it was awesome what do you uh, think about it Corey? yeah absolutely I thought the occasion was great I think um you know first game well let's talk Atlanta first I thought the occasion of both games were great I thought the competitiveness of the games were great I thought uh, the fans, the atmosphere at both games was great I thought LA's product looks amazing the Coliseum is starting to fill we're getting to the point where like one side of it is getting reasonably well, uh, you know, filled now. Obviously, big goals for the future to try and get more there. But for year one and what we've, what's been going on in the MLR, that is a massive success to me. I thought the LA game as well was probably the most stressful game I've watched in my life. Um, but at the same time, for the viewers, what a suspenseful finish. And, uh, you know, that, that Utah, they do not go down quietly, you know, forever in the game to the last buzzer. And uh, that was probably the most stressful thing is just... Another buzzer beater. Is that what's coming uh, as such? Just because of that team, their fight, their spirit. We've got so much uh, positive to say about uh, all the organizations as such. So what I was thinking we do now, lads, is I think we get into the breakdown of the games and then we'll sign off on the teams whose seasons are done and then we'll look ahead to the final. So let's crack on to the MLR breakdown. And now a word from our sponsor. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts. And a reminder to all of the supporters of the American Rugby Show, this is a call to action. Team Gustitis, Team USA merch is on sale. The Olympics are coming. The men are already up and running 2-0 on their first day. The women kick off on Wednesday, American time. It's absolutely amazing. Get behind and support the ladies that are about to go throw down. Team Gustitis, go to www.teamusashop.com. Look for rugby. Pick your athlete. You can have the name across. Pick your size. I'm an XL, so they run a little bit big. So make sure you get in there. Get behind and support the team. Big love to Abby and all the USA athletes competing in the Olympics right now. Here at the American Rugby Show, we support you and we got your back to the end. Well, here we go, boys. Second to last MLR breakdown. We are going to be covering the conference finals. First up, we had New York traveling down to Atlanta. New York has had the better of Atlanta throughout the season on both home and away games. And, uh, you know, Atlanta wanted this home game. They got the home game, and they wanted that revenge, and they got it, coming in with a 10-9 to victory late try in the game. Hodes, talk me through this one. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was as, as we expected, right? It was a slugfest. Um, and you've got to say, you know, New York, that's twice in a row. You know, I'm fortunate for them. You know, last, uh, last ditch scores they've gone out in the semi-final. You know they're always going to bring the fight, Rooney, you know. Uh, I think you've got to start with the, 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 the selections and the missing players. Um, Rooney obviously had Hollingshead, who contractually had to go back to Bay of Plenty. I mean, it's an absolute shocker all round. It's a shocker for him. It's a shocker for... Uh, Rooney, but just because the MLR had been moved back due to COVID, he had to head back and honour his original contract. Um, so that was a tough one. Obviously, Luguizan won out. We knew for, from a while back. The prior sending off was a shocker. Cannot believe they put themselves in that position. Um, Rabolo was away as well on international duty. And then even more interesting, that I think the Atlanta selection, because they, they did say in the week that all their players were fit, but you've got no Jason Dam in the squad you got no Kalsay, you got no O'Keefe, and you got no Van Voot, who we would have said were um, integral cogs in the ATL machine all through the season. It was really interesting, uh, those moves. I wonder if something else more is going to come out about that, whether it is more than selection or something else going on, because I don't know, lads, would you, it's a bit shocker to me to not see those names even on the bench. The only thing I could potentially suggest is potentially covid outbreaks and that some of some of the issues there could be there was new rounds of COVID testing back everyone's aware this delta strains going on breakthrough cases do exist even if vaccinated we don't know if how much each squads are vaccinated as well um and so that is my only guess of why some players were missing especially because a few of them you just don't know one positive and a close con- and then close contacts are gone I-, I don't know rob i'm just throwing it out there as a guess i just want that to be really sort of specific that uh, the only because it was just restarted for the semi-final and that contingent was out, I had, I had the question mark. I just don't think White starts at fullback. Like Ryan Nell coming in at 12, Ryan Nell's a quality, quality player and he would have been playing. Obviously, Kurt Coleman comes onto the bench. Obviously, the star signing would have been there throughout the season as well. 
But uh, yeah, I, I just thought uh, it's very, very confusing to me. However, again, against adversity, they got the job done, which was interesting because through the first half, it was very interesting. A great start by Utah, right? They, um, their first three points came from keeping the ball for two and a half minutes. Uh, of really threatening play. Rooney were just sort of hanging on. It was a good defensive set. They got the three points. Uh, but after that, I don't think the I don't think the ball went through more than 30 seconds of play from either team almost for the rest of the game until deep into the second half. It was very stop-start. Your, your, your typical ATL uh, forcing turnovers in the tackle. You know, I think Taulafo, Civetta, um, a, a few of the boys uh, lost the ball in, in tight contact situations. I don't think they were very good at how they managed the ball, Rooney. Um, but ultimately, I mean, at halftime, Atlanta had had 63% territory, 61% uh, possession. So you think this is the classic ATL um, blueprint, but it wasn't quite because Goose had kicked out into touch, straight out into touch twice. Uh, as Kura had actually missed a penalty to touch. I think he'd missed a kick at goal or two as well. Um, so because of that, they, they, they were getting the strangle on, but they, they weren't executing. They are actually very poor in attack after that first two and a half minutes. I don't know if it's the, the sort of stress of the, the, the occasion, the tension. Uh, but ultimately, because of that, uh, New York hung on. Uh, and because of the stupid uh, late charge penalty, I think it was, uh, may have been Monson at the end or Deacon at the end of the first half, uh, Rooney went in 6-3 and they were happy as Larry, I think, at half time. Uh, I agree, mate. Rooney defied rugby math when they were 9-3 up. For, like for that whole game, if you look like rinse, wash, repeat, stuck in their own half, fed with errors, you know, some of the changes, but then just unforced handling errors. And, and it was just feeding Atlanta's game. But then Atlanta's... Well, they in, Corbs, they were running from lineouts in their own 22. They're forcing two extra passes into the... I, I couldn't quite understand I, that. I, and, uh, I agree, mate. And and we talked about how when they beat Atlanta earlier in the season down there, how they played the percentages and just attacked when it was the right time on the front foot. And they actually had quite a good blueprint there. That's why I was shocked that they went away from it. I don't know if losing Hollingshead at 10, maybe, you know, the game plan changes. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but Atlanta, you know, their kick pressure, all the DNA of their team was firing. It was just the inaccuracies, the turnover rate, and I would say Rooney's resilience in the 22. Like, Gotta credit the amount of sets that they repelled Atlanta in the 22. Yes, a lot of time there were penalty advantages and stuff, but they were still forcing turnovers or shutting them out. And I was like, fair bloody play because they are, Atlanta are so good at that. Um, they're efficient, they're direct, they're on program, they know what they do. Um, they're, they're a nightmare to play against. And the fact that Rooney had that resilience in them is the only reason they were in the game and they almost robbed it at the end. And, and that try, uh, Rob, I know you have some thoughts on that try at the end that came about. You know, they stole it and they got the buzzer beater and they held out. And, uh, you know, onwards Atlanta marched to the final. Home field advantage, definitely, you know, paying dividends in these playoffs for both sides. Um, I, I, I'd like to know your thoughts. I, I want to I rewind it a little bit. I want to talk about more of this, like, you know, when, I, when we talk about big names missing... And they were missing. I was surprised whenever I saw some of these, uh, you know, Atlanta missing some of these players and them staying all healthy. And uh, to your point, I mean, for some reason, I didn't really click the COVID, uh, you know, thought process. But you, Corbs, you might be onto something. And that kind of brings up a question of like, you know what, like, 
what is the protocol? Are they out for two weeks? Is, 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 are they going to make a statement? or or? So I, I don't know all the MLR protocols, but I, I, there are a lot of them. As someone who's been in LA, like you're testing, there's rules. Uh, you've got to test by a certain day to be in this team or you can't be selected. So I assume there's, if there's a positive, how you get out of it, there is a protocol for that. Well, I think the main thing is uh, we'll, we'll see who uh, makes uh, the field uh, next week. Um, and uh, it'd be interesting to see if it is a clean bill of health uh, for for all, both the teams going into the final because we want to see the best players out there. I mean, that's you know it's the sacrifices that everyone's made to be here. Uh, we want to see the best. Um, and, so hopefully we'll then Rob, get that next week. Rob the Bullet Dodger. Back to that question I asked you about your thoughts on that final try. Uh, what, what did you make of the the game winning try and the last ten fifteen minutes from Rooney in general? It's not a try. Uh, it's as simple as that. It's not a try. We've got a fourth um, a referee, a television assistant, Summers. Um, I mean, how you can let the season come down to that? They pe- they peeled off the back of the, the the drive, and there's an obstruction in front. And Rooney are appealing for it, and it just gets completely missed. And you talk about sheer bloody mindedness at Rooney. I mean, honestly, at nine three. Um, it was like 20 minutes ago. You just couldn't see Atlanta doing anything. They were just not not in the races in terms of attack. They did have the, the, the big long period down on the Rooney line where Rocheford gets um, simbinned and you're like, well, OK, this is going to be it. But then Chance, when Gluski gets the stamping yellow card, I don't know your opinions on that. It seemed soft to me. I, I don't know. But you, you just can't do those you, things. You just can't do it. I don't think it's no. like, it's not a red card or anything like that. It, no. it, I think yellow, I don't think you could just give a pen for that because of the cynical no. nature of the stamp. And that's why it's really tough. But it yeah. is also like, didn't look, unless there's contact at the head that you can't see in that very yeah. early bit. But from the shots yeah. that we saw, it looked like it was just on the back and it was like a like foot on off. I'm not 100% sure. So I don't want to I don't want yeah. to say. I don't. I just don't know. Yeah, it's a, it, it's I watched a tough it on TV one. once. I haven't. I haven't watched that it. incident back yet. You just can't do it. You can't put your foot on someone. And so they got away with that one. Rooney, you know, they defended for a long period there. They get away with that. Then as Kura misses his second penalty uh, at goal on about fifty-five minutes, and you're like, mate, Rooney are cruising here. Um, and then I think they gave away. Um, they gave away a penalty for a late tackle high up in ATL's territory, which ATL had done at the end of the first half, so hadn't learned the lesson. And then actually Reese came off the bench, puts up a, a box kick, Foden drops it, and it was a pretty standard catch. There was no pressure. And at that point, they, they seem comfortable. He drops that. Nguati uh, then gets uh, yellow carded. And that's it. They're defending for five, six, seven minutes after that on their line again. Uh, and they just seem to have brought all this pressure back onto themselves. And then, I mean, it ends in what, you know, I think I could well consider uh, obstruction. But 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 the pressure had been brought onto themselves. I agree. And I think, like, the thing is with the game, Atlanta winning, even though you could question the try or not, like, they dominated so much of the game that I just, like, I feel like everyone was kind of like, okay, you know what I mean? Like... It, the the call wasn't as dubious because of like you feel like how are they not winning this game and then they finally win it i just wanted to say yeah. and then lastly while we're on the topic of tries i thought i was a little i felt for rooney that you know the driving mall try uh that was went to tmo that was disallowed if there was no tmo that might have been a try in the mlr sort of a week ago but with tmo that's no try and and to me if you're talking is it a try or not it's all to me on what the referee's 
ruling is. I think the fact that it wasn't a try uh, on field meant that there was no clear evidence to overturn that. But if it had been asked that, you know, any reason why I can't award the try, there's a possibility that could be a try. Yeah, your, your TMO decision is only as good as the amount of camera angles you've got. And obviously we don't have the camera angles and access as, of like the big games around the world and uh, of who's making the decisions. You've got Derek Summers making the decisions there. It, it, you also have to look at sort of like you touched on, Corbs, yeah. is the question that's asked. How is, how is the referee asking the TMO, um, you know, can I reward the try or not? Or is there any reason why I cannot reward the try? Or, you know, is there any specific reason? So, so all those sort of things, you know, depends on it. And, I mean, maybe he didn't get it right because, because of uh, the lack of camera work. But, uh, but the, the, that did look pretty... Uh, pretty and, lads, as well, we've in, also in got assistant over. referees. So, like, what's the assistant referee? And it's difficult to see the, that try one, but for the uh, ATL uh, obstruction, what's the, what's the assistant ref looking at there? Because uh, it seems obvious to all the players around that were watching, but uh, there you go. And just just one other point, then just closing the game out as well. Again, I mentioned uh, Ryan Reese came off the bench and he put the kick onto Foden. It wasn't a great kick, so there's no pressure on him, but it turned the game. He also closed the game out with a fantastic box kick. Uh, and Miranda ended up touching it into touch to close the game. But that was deep in his 22 and it was an over-the-shoulder box kick that he got uh, over the halfway line. That's fantastic from a young nines coming on to close the game. Uh, you know, and when we go on to, you know, discuss the LA game, it was Basker that put a fantastic top spin, top spin box in to create the line-out turnover for the Utah try. Great to see young American halfbacks that can come on and manage the game in those sort of situations. Absolutely spot on, mate. I actually, you know, went afterwards and said to Basker, I, I, I thought I was fantastic kick for him for him at nine the way he marshaled that game I thought yeah. unbelievable same with Reese, absolute talent and it's exciting that we're like with uncovering just multiple you know homegrown nines like it's 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 just gives me the tingles of where it's gonna be long term because obviously what maybe five six years ago there ain't many you know there's Petri yeah. Orsberger a few but there's not a, a long a long list so and you know another sort of tick in the box for for the MLR as we're giving them their rap this year. Yeah. Now it's now it's time to give us some tens. Only fourteen other some, positions uh, to fill, eh? Tight ends. We'll take them all. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, and then you have Conor McManus who's done a great job for New York as well. Young fellas too, young fellas. And now playing in proper pressure situations that like means the world to them and their teammates and the men around them, the supporters. So to be pulling off in those situations is, is really great for the advancement of the game here. Western Conference Finals, we have Utah traveling out to LA facing the Giltinis and an awesome, amazing atmosphere, beautiful day, and uh, it was action-packed. Coming away with uh, LA, coming away with a good victory, 17 to 13. It was a nail-biter. Uh, Honestly, nerves, heart attack, uh, and the rest. It, it was a real arm wrestle of a game. Utah Warriors came to play. They dug in, uh, put LA under pressure at times. LA had opportunities, didn't take them, and that left the game very close. Allowed Utah to finally strike and capitalize their sort of, you know, moment in the game, and they almost headed out, uh, you know, held it out. But I, I thought, you know, Ryan James, the try, but just the impact that he had off the bench in general. I could see everyone smiling. Rob smiling there as well. Defensively, offensively, I thought he was superb and, and a great impact player. And then, you know, Goddard reading that. 
um, you know, that the short side was on there, you know, s- sensational stuff to get the win and it, and it was awesome. But there's a lot of work to do from an LA point of view as well. I think some of the inaccuracies, um, the turnover rate, uh, certain areas that are going to have to tidy up, especially when you're playing a team like Atlanta. But what an occasion, the crowd, uh, you know, Fat Man Scoop is there. Like, you know, it was it was a proper atmosphere, like you're going to an event. And I think, you know, without, you know, knowing Adam Gilchrist like super well, my understanding is like that's his vision, that these are events, people want to come, want to have fun, there's music, there's rugby, there's beers, gilly, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. And that is starting to come. And it's in one year what they've created there. And when you think you couldn't have fans for a certain point either, I'm, I'm really chuffed for them. I know Adam Fryer works incredibly hard. His team, um, you know, from the top down uh, and, and, and Todd, you know, well, like it, it, everyone's, you know, busting their ass over there and to see them, you know, put on something like that. I was just chuffed for them. Mate, you missed half time as well. Was... Yeah. What <laughs> I mean, happened at half time? I was in there doing, doing the chats and, and debrief. Did you hear it in there? No, but then when, when I, <laughs> oh, when I watched the replay, I saw something like uh, when I was looking over the game, like there was a TV bit, like oh, like something about half time. They commented on Mate, it. it and I was like, I wonder what they did. I've never been to. A, I, I tell you, I've never been to a rugby game or many other games, even like NBA, NFL, where there's like the half time entertainment and the crowd were just going bonkers, and it was like. You know, like normally you get some in rugby, like you, you, you sit, it all goes flat and a bit quiet and the teams come out. But by the time the teams came out for the second half, the crowd were just going bananas. It was actually, it was actually amazing. And that's, again, that's the future of what American rugby, you know. Uh, and again, massive, massive uh, credit, as you say, to the whole LA team that have put that together because it's been, it, it's huge for the league. Um it was interesting, just one observation, and we'll obviously get to the rugby here now, but the, the, it was more, to me, it was more of an entertainment crowd than a rugby crowd. Like I've been at, LA, at MLR games where you see a lot more shirts and mem- uh, merch, uh, people wearing the hats, the shirts, and like really knowledgeable about the game. I, I don't think, uh, it was just like something I noticed. It was a bit different. It was, it was an entertainment. I quite like, like at that. At one stage... <laughs> That you're catching like a new market, new fans. A hundred percent. And then you'll turn them into the hardcore fans. Uh, But then you've got both elements. You've got the entertainment, you've got the rugby. I mean, at one stage, uh, there was a kick for goal. Carty, he kicked a goal. Everyone's cheering. It hasn't hasn't gone over, guys. Like everyone for ages was like cheering. I think they were watching. They just saw the kick go up. But and that's like a small thing, but it it was different. It was different to say, for instance, the, the MLR final... Uh, in 2019, um, but but like on another level, on another level from anything I've seen entertainment-wise, it was it was it was brilliant. Uh, and again, that's only going to grow uh, as the crowds can get bigger. The promotion, as you say, Todd, can start a bit earlier for the big events. I, I thought as well, rugby-wise, you know, as we get into it. Utah, a tough team, mate. Like, the pack is very big. The ball carries, the physicality. I thought LA's defense probably was the difference and the reason why they're in the final is because their ability to contain uh, pressure from Utah at times. And I think also Utah's defense deserve a lot of credit because sometimes that's been an area where they've been criticized because of, you know, high-scoring shootouts. But I thought the resolve to handle LA for how long they did in the 22 as well was very, very impressive. Um... And I, and I think, you know, that was a real game where 
you know, that's what knockout rugby is about. Like, it, it doesn't matter how perfect the performance is or whatever. It's just the W. It's just the tick in the box that matters. Like, most people will not remember 90-odd percent of that game. They'll remember, like, the exciting moments and they'll remember the W. Like, that's that. That's yeah. it. And so that's like knockout rugby. And then you go to a final. It's a clean slate for both teams because I think both teams, you know, had to find their way out of it through the fire, which is a great thing to do when you're going into another game to have that in your confidence and your belly. Yeah. And then I think it just sets a stage for what is going to be a, a cracker. Yeah, and we've talked about it all year. Like, how do you set up your MLR team? Like, you need to score four tries. We've talked about it so much. Utah, the same number of wins as Austin, but so many more bonus points. Todd, you picked that up all year. And it's, it's so crucial that you score four tries often in MLR to qualify for the playoffs. But we've also said, come playoffs. You need to kick your goals. You need to defend. You need to manage field position because it's going to be tight. And f- uh, all the first thing I must mention about this game when it comes to the rugby, and I'll come on to LA because they won the game, but Utah were phenomenal. Like, uh, again, and my prediction was that LA were going to show their class and run away from them a bit. Utah were incredible. What they've done this year, with as we've mentioned, uh, guys that work in the day and train at night mainly, is phenomenal and again they haven't got like 100 test internationals they haven't got a coach that's going to go to super rugby uh they haven't got all these different resources but i'll tell you see see i've never seen him play like that what a game uh, 14 oh mate he was phenomenal and i mean getting off the floor and doing it again and again and repeat efforts i mean the he was he came to hit and hit again. There was one moment in the second half where he uh, he he was on the floor. He was hurt, and he got up and he went and made another tackle and forced a turnover. Um, they ended up, you know, conceding a penalty early in the play. But the, the he was phenomenal. For chain as he's been all season, uh, like just banging Van Vuren, banging Mon- Maholo. Yeah. Um, I was about to say his name. I was like, you can't ignore the him. Scrum the line out. Um, it was it was really so so impressive. They've got Hagen Shorty running the, the show. Michael Basker, to me, was a revelation when we had him on um on the USA tour. This kid is a student of the game and he is gonna rinse every little bit of talent out of himself. He he is he's gonna have a great career. Uh, I thought he was brilliant. Again, we said that he it was his kick that led to the, the try. Um but Phenomenal. Mika Kruse chasing back when uh, Adam Ashley Cooper makes a long break. He feeds Van der Merve and you're like, game over. And then Kruse turns up from nowhere and, and pulls him down. Um, so, uh, to me, that, that's the first thing that stood out. What a ph- phenomenal year. They finished the season five points behind LA in the league. That, that's a, a, a huge um, sort of catalogue of work to say they're only five points behind and then they come this close and prove that that wasn't, that it couldn't be a fluke because it's over such a long period of time, but they nearly won this game. So Sean Davis, Sean Pittman, everyone associate with Utah, quality, quality effort. And I banged on there, but... No, mate, it's it's well, well deserved. It's well, well deserved. And and then in terms of LA, you know, they did make the breaks from deep. Actually, it's interesting because... You know, we talked about, or I did, potentially playing, uh, if they're going to play, playing from a bit deeper because, you know, obviously you've you got to fill your backfield. Meeks was brilliant, by the way. I mean, he it was his break that set up the uh, first try that wasn't a try from the Burton uh, offload that was forward. Was it uh, a try, though? It, yeah, well, that's another one another to Another question at the TMI. Is it Basker's head or is it forward? I couldn't tell. Uh, it's a tough one to call. 
But seeing that in the first few minutes, and they were playing the, the secondary line of attack, uh, sort of the, the double wave. So they'll go out the back, then have another lead runner, go out the back. Poydivin actually overran the second uh, wave on, on that occasion, but they still got... And I thought that was going to be too much for Utah, but they worked it out. They worked out the, the LA trick plays. Uh, they hustled back. They hit hard. Um, but as I say, I think Meeks was excellent. And, and I also think there were key moments of the game where Van der Merwe actually got a turnover at a defensive breakdown. Meeks got a turnover at a defensive breakdown uh, to win the field position from which they launched. The, the, obviously, it was the, the first try came from the back peel uh, and then eventually they worked it out to, to Ryan James. But you've mentioned it, but how was Ryan James after the game? Because, I mean, I, I just think about that young fella's life, you know. He, he's a rugby super fan. He's a, he's a top bloke, top fan, as we said before. Uh, and all of a sudden... He's been growing and growing and growing through the year with his superstars all around him. And now he was the man in the Coliseum, in front of his friends, family. He's the man that gets the two tries. How was he, Corbs, after the He game? was buzzing, mate. And deservedly, yeah. I was just chuffed for him. Like, to see him score yeah. that try, for it to be, you know, homegrown, American. Like, the, the development he's shown this season. Like, all positive themes that we banged on about all season long on this pod. But it's just great to see it all come to fruition. And you know, I'm just I'm just chuffed they scored that try at the end because that that game really could have gone either way. Like it was that close that either team you would say deserved to be in the final. Whoever came out the better of that, just because it was so close. So, real big credit to Utah. And how about at the end of all this about we're talking about LA through the season, this, that, and the other? That it's a young American that we're talking about that's the hero in the semi final. What a storyline! It's in our style to sign off the teams that bow out. And obviously, uh, Rooney and Utah have, uh, have taken the loss in the semifinals. But, uh, you know, overall, what an amazing season, both those clubs. You know, we touched on it through, this, uh, through the breakdown in, in, the, in the conference finals. But just so impressed by those players, by those gentlemen that, that left it all out there. Um, Corbs, what do you have to say on, uh, on Rooney? All right, so Rooney, sign off. Um, lots of positivity. You know, we gave them a hard time for their ground, for certain things during the season. But at the same time, like, how much positive can you say? Like, the development of the team, the product they put on, uh, the amount of homegrown talent that is coming through in that side, as well as good internationals, the culture, um, you know, the vibe there. It looks like they've really, like, there's a lot of positives. I think the next thing they have to do is find a long-term home. I think that's got to be big part of the strategic plan is let's find a base that's our venue that we can start to really drive fans towards that we can grow. Because I think the ones they have now are okay, but they're, but they're temporary homes in my opinion. And I can't see those being their long-term things. As COVID restrictions are easing more and more, hopefully that will mean that they'll have a lot more opportunity to source a proper environment for next season. But like Andy Ellis, what a baller. Foden, what a baller. Like, you know what I mean? Like Hollingshead had great seasons, but then like McManus, Bennett, um, you know, Matina, uh, Lockyer, like loads of players coming through in that pack. Bonasso found this season. Um, you know, I I'm just, I'm, I'm buzzing for them. I'm buzzing for the product. Um, you know, I've enjoyed this sort of new sort of Rooney franchise post-Kennedy era, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, and I think this is the reason why MLR is what it is, right? They 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 don't have everything in the world that they want, right? They've got small, very co small coaching staff. Uh, there are difficulties in living in New York, but they make it work. 
And they have, they have been fighters since day one, Rooney. And they haven't lost a bit of that. Um, they've got a bit more spark into the attack, I think, with Marty, Marty Burke, who all the players love, the the, the attack coach from uh, Bay of Plenty. So I just think the more time uh, they get to spend together um, with Marty Veal uh, in charge and leading the charge, uh, I, I think they're going to come back and strong. And again, we, again, they... Two two semi-finals in a row where they've been done by a, a, a point or two, you know. So you know, absolutely gutting for them, but no doubt they'll be back. And uh, un- unfortunately, uh, you know, Matt McCarthy on uh, not right on his prediction that uh, Rooney was going to be playing San Diego. I know Rob, you're kind of on that bandwagon about seven or eight weeks ago that uh, that with that prediction. It is not to be this year. It's not to be, but keep making predictions. Keep firing it shots. is a lot of fun along the way. It is a lot of fun along the way. So he put he put his cock on the block and uh, not many do. I mean, uh, we've been known to withdraw a little bit, but uh, good on him. And uh, yeah, makes for, makes for uh, some good commentary. 100%. The next team we're going to talk about, obviously, is Utah. You know, we've talked about them in depth. We talked about their local talent. We talked about their heart, their desire. Their ownership, their management, the office. I mean, we've been praising them knowing that they're going to be competitors and they're they're there for a long time. I mean, from ownership to, to, to running the program to the guys that are working, uh, you know, in schools or, or daytime jobs and training at night. And then uh, people buy in. I mean, it is so great to see, you know, the, those combinations. I think the highlights are are basically the fans, uh, Cruze and, and, and Teo and, uh, and, and the office. I mean, it's it was so great to see them. It was good to see the, the support uh, that they brought out as well uh, for that uh, conference final, but just came up short. But what a season. I mean, uh, Hodes, I'll, I'll go for you first. What, what are your thoughts on them in a wrap? Yeah, I, I, listen, I've said a bit about Utah here, but it's got to be everyone's, everyone's second favourite team in the league, eh? If you like rugby in America, you've got to love Utah. I mean, so entertaining going forward. The defence at the end was fantastic. We've mentioned a lot of their players, but I mean, a young uh, 21-year-old, 22-year-old captain in Bailey Wilson as well, young American talent, who's standing up to the likes of Dave Dennis, Cottrell, and all the rest of them. Um, uh, the big thing for me now is to see... Uh, how do they sign in the off season? Because I think you might have a few people putting their hands up, thinking that's a not a bad venue to be. Uh, it's a nice place to live. You save a bit of money compared to some of the uh, bigger cities in the country, and um, they've got a beautiful facility and a wonderful crowd there as well. So um, really hope they can kick on as well with Sean uh, Pittman and Sean Davis at the helm. Uh, again, I'm gonna have to just. I, I try not to repeat too much of what I've already said, uh, promoting and bigging them up. But it is all positive, like. The, the the growth through the season, the fans, the buzzer-beating wins, uh, the Teo and Cruze show, but not just the flash stuff, like the tight five, you know, Sean Pittman has done a fantastic job with that pack. This is a guy who's had the Eagles job. He's doing this here. He, him and Sean Davies are head coaching. That is a gnarly pack of someone who had to prepare and, and try to coach against it. That is legit. He deserves a massive rap, him and his players, for, for what they're putting on. They are a nightmare to play against. I just think um, I, I'm a big fan of them in the spirit as well. And, and, I, and I agree. It's exciting to see where they sign. Obviously, for Fortane is moving on. Um, where do they replace uh, you know, that? Where do they add to their team? I'm, I'm fascinated to know because they already got two tight heads. They already have you know, it's decent areas of depth. It's exciting to see where they put a big piece or two into that team or do they spread it out and just continue to build that depth? It, 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 it's who wait and see. But if I'm a Utah Warriors fan, I'm real chuffed for this season and I'm buzzing for next. And and, and, and I'm, I'm real grateful for my team for what they've put on for me. 
And now it is time to preview the MLR finals, August 1st, 1 p.m. Pacific at the Coliseum. Atlanta Rugby ATL are making their way to the Coliseum to face the LA Giltinis. It is the last game, knockout rugby. And without bringing up sore memories or anything, I really want to know the predictions. I'm staying the hell away from this one. From a guy that is coached in a final. He's been a head coach in the MLR. He's been watching the rugby all year. Hodes, break it down for me. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's um, it all comes down to what a year, what a year. And uh, it's been phenomenal to watch. ATL have brought so much to the league. I mean phenomenal how they've uh, you know they've committed to playing a certain way and the defensive structures from Scott Lawrence have been just top class LA all singing all dancing flamboyant we loved watching at the start of the season and the great thing for MLR the league's caught up I mean it's just been fantastic to see um, and to be honest I've been on the LA train not I've been that they'll come through in the biggest moments because of the experience I'm starting to turn the corner here. And the reason why, the reason why really is, it looks, well, we don't know. Is JP looks like he's going to be out, JP Smith. Uh, Gitto may be out, I don't know. Uh, and to me, that just takes away so much of the experience that you think is going to get him over the line. Um, so, yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be incredibly tight. There's no doubt about that. Um, and yeah. so I'm just going to pass it over to Todd. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, about, to I'm a showman. I, I want what, you think, what the best product is. And I'm so happy that the final is in L.A. I mean, if you look at that grass, I mean, I'm sure the Atlanta guys are happy that it's an, on real grass. Yeah. You know, it's going to be in California. It's had the sun. You have this atmosphere yeah. that's, you know, next to nothing else. I mean, it, it is tough from going from a life from Raga, you know, and they, they do great for what they have, but that's not long-term. If you want MLR to make the next steps, they need to get in that, you know, that MLS or the US, yeah. uh, USL, you know, soccer stadium. That, that's proper. You know, we, we, need, we need to start selling that to the public and, and bringing in, like you talked about earlier um, at, at LA, that aren't just rugby fans, that are, you know, people there for a festival, people there for something else, if it's music or if it's whatever the case. And rugby's that byproduct. Um, so that being said, you know, as a, as, a, as a fan of rugby, I'm happy that it's at, at, at the Coliseum where I can drive and not have to fly across country as well. But I look at it for on-field is, is two different styles. I mean, it, it is two different styles throughout, uh, throughout the season. Um, and, and I'm not going to make a prediction. I, I know I want to see a lot of tries. I want to see a lot of good looking tries. I want to see some, some clean stuff, but you know, as we saw in the, in, in the knockout phases, there's not that many, there's four tries in, in, in the, both of the games, you know, three in the LA Utah game, and then one at the very end of that Atlanta, yeah. uh, New York game. So, um, I'm hoping that we get at least four tries, but you know, that maybe I'm just wishful thinking. So uh, I, I'm, I'm obviously, uh, you know, West Coast, West Coast, you know, Cali kid. So I got to go for the, the blue and pink named after a drink. Go Giltinis. So we could look at it one way. If we, t if, we, if we change the strips here a little bit and say, if you're playing against South Africa and you're the Lions, yeah. how are you going to play? How the Lions played in that second half. 
I'm not talking on this game. I I appreciate you trying to wriggle it out of me, but I think I just couldn't help. I needed to say something. Um, But yeah, yeah. uh, you play them at their own game is kind of what Rob is saying, I'm assuming, based on that, if you're playing South Africa. That seems to be... And they're very good at it. They're very good at it, that game. So you can't just say we're going to say, you've got to execute. Um, But, you know... You've got to take, uh, we've said it before, but you know, you've got to take the strength away. It's like a, a, a wide flat pass to Dele, Elliot Daly uh, uh, and the Kanyam runs full speed and just absolutely nails him. Uh, again, that's just one little incident or whatever. And you do have to play at the right times and you can play off set piece where they're, they're defending with less numbers. And I know very, very obvious statements, but all the forwards are in one small part of the field and there's more space to play to. And you have to take your moments to stretch them. Um, but you've got to be clever about it. And my thought process has always been that um, ATL did did a number on LA uh, in Atlanta. My thought process is there's no way Matt Gitto is going to let that happen again without game planning around it. Uh, now, we don't know if Matt's going to be out there or not. Um, he, he did have a knock. But if he's steering the ship, I just I, I think he's you've got to think that he's going to have an answer to that defence. Corbs, what's the answer? <laughs> Long pause. I, I, you know, we'll wait and see. Pretty sure Gits yeah. will be out there, but who knows? Okay, so Todd has said LA, but there seems to be a glaring hole. Where is Rob putting his chips this week? For all the for all the MLR betting fans, yeah. Where would where would the Hoadley's coins be going? And then you bet the, the opposite because I keep getting it wrong as well, by the way. So that, it's actually quite a certainty. If you, if you bet against me, you'll do quite nicely. Uh, I, I think this has been the first week where I'm like, yeah, I think ATL could do this. I, I'll, I'll stick with LA because I have been backing them through throughout. Um, I, I'm just going to be really interested. I'm going to be really interested to see the game plan here. Um, and I think Billy Meeks has to have another big game. It, it's, it's, it's a game line game. Like, if you don't get gain line, then you cannot mess around. If you're going backwards, you can't take three rucks going backwards against this ATL defence because you're going to lose the ball. And they just build everything off their defence. All their energy starts building off defence, off field position. So, again, very, very simplistic, but you come back to playing South Africa. You must have a good set piece. You must have, because if you, if you have a bad set piece, it often leads to penalties and you lose field position. So you've got to get your set piece right. You, you've got to uh, be disciplined and not lose the penalty count because that equates to uh, field position. You've got to be good kicking and aerially. Like you've got to field the kicks and then you've got to kick and chase at the right times. And then you've got to get gain line. You've got to win gain line and earn the right to play to wider spaces. All cliches, I, I understand, but they're cliches for a reason because they, they generally work out if you do them well. Um, uh, and again, then you take your chances to find the space when you've earned it. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you'll think there's space out there and, you know, why Tokyo and those boys, they'll come up and close it off. So uh, I, I'm interested to see, but this is why Gitto's there. This is why Adam Ashley Cooper's there, you know, and Cottrell and Dave Dennis. And these are some of the top rugby brains in the world uh, going against an an unbelievably well-marshaled Atlanta team, but not with that experience of the big occasion. It's a big call. I I back you on that one, Hodes. But, uh, you know, going traveling out to Atlanta, that defense that... uh, that those uh, Atlanta rugby tell guys can do is, is tough. So I think you're spot on on that game line and getting that quick ball. I'll tell you one thing. 
ATL, they believe they're winning this. And I, I just love the conviction of that team. I love what Scott's done. Because they're coming into the Coliseum to win. There's nothing else on their mind. Uh, and it's absolutely, and again, brilliant for the American game. Love it. Um, just one other thing, just coming into the week, lads. How have, um, for yourselves playing in big finals, how, how has it been for you? You like the mental prep or physically anything you've done differently or how have you kind of approached those big weeks? Uh, me personally, I'm a bit of an obsessive. Um, so I get, I, well, as a player especially, I would get the most confidence out of just being incredibly well prepared. And I think for the final, it would be that times tenfold so I could actually sleep at night because if I wasn't, that's when I would have a bad night's sleep or a wandering mind. But like once I knew I'd turn those stones and I could like say that with conviction, I would always be able to just sleep get on and then once that whistle starts it's just like any other game you've got to be accurate and 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 take your opportunities and be clinical but it is just like any other game i think i think the preparation and um is one area that defines finals and then probably the concentration in the game because of how close they are is probably the other area where um you've really got to be on your game as a player or even even a coach but definitely as a player that's a great shout corbs um Yes, that mental aspect obviously does play into it. And, and there is a tension. If you get it wrong, there's a lot of energy drainers in the, in the week and on the day. Uh, and you've got to be careful. Uh, you know, we always, you can use the expression, especially now, um, you know, is there a big moment? Um, you know, when you're thinking about a, a moment like this, is it a big moment or is it the same moment that you've had all year? You know, because, and, and you know, the easy question is, but it is bigger. And it, it is, there's the crowd and all the rest. You've got to be able to separate yourself from that. Imagine if you're an archery shooter, right? Is it going to help you to think going into the Olympics, this moment's bigger than any other? Because it's just, it's just shooting archery. If you get to the Olympics final, go, oh, this is the shot. I'm going to get the gold. Medal. That is going to mess with your head. So you've got to take it on. It's the same moment that we've had. It's the same group of lads. It's the same preparation. Um, otherwise you'll find there's an energy drain and how you deal with that in the build-up is really interesting um, and we've had some fun ones uh, in, in the past with Wasp we had a, a few finals and we used to uh, uh, there was one occasion where the funny thing is in the week of training they name the team and so there's some people that are obviously very disappointed there's some people that are going to miss out that have played all year like Jason Dam and these guys you know Um and so we went out, I remember with Wasps one day, and we went out for the training on the Wednesday, and it was our, or no, it was Friday, I think, it was our, and it was just a quick, quick contact session. And um, the boys that weren't playing were pissed off, and they were just going to, like, slam in. And so James Haskell carries in, and there's a ruck, and they get up, and there's a bit of a fight happening. And it's Ali McKenzie, the, the prop that's missed out on selection. And so everyone rushes in, and like, no, you know, and, and Warren Gatlin goes, Warren Gatlin goes, stop! let them fight like this so Haskell they're banging away like this and everyone's like, like we're getting ready for the final fight and uh, so anyway eventually we peel them off and then the very so then all the non-squad are even more like let's, let's fuck them up let's go let's, this is our time he said we can fight so then the very next time in they go again and then all of a sudden Ali McKenzie or one of the non-squad grabs Tom Voice, the starting winger, and everyone's like, let him fight. And Gats is like, no, no, it's the winger. Grab him. Save him. <laughs> so oh, that, that, was, that was a good prep. Uh, but we, we used to practice fighting before games as well for Wasps. Well, 
We'd always practice fighting I, I, before big games. So this is probably another area that I think is important um, of finals, and you kind of touch on it, is the driver of the non-23. And like the, the non-23 all season are a massive driver of what you can get out of first in, but in finals weeks, making sure that they're being tested, that they're well prepared, that is a huge responsibility. And also just making it uncomfortable for them. I remember like similar story, not similar story, but third test of the Lions week, Thursday, Gats has named a completely new team. He'd gone back to default with the Welsh like contingent. Drop, you know, O'Driscoll. Like everyone's going nuts. Yeah. We get to training on the Thursday. It's the first time we've actually trained as this team for the test. And Brian O'Driscoll and the non-23 carved us up. Like lads were fighting in in fighting. Like Thursday before the biggest test of our lives, Sexton and Hibbard are squaring up to each other. I think that story's been told on some sort of pod, but that is on the Thursday before the third test, like internal fighting. And it's because the non-23 cut us apart that we, and that I honestly believe that was the catalyst for us to be so on it on the day and have like our best game is because we absolutely got like our lunch handed to us. So we couldn't be complacent. You know what I mean? Like you've got to drive it. And that's another big driver into finals. We're going down story lane. This week's American Rugby Show was brought to you by Gilly's Legendary Lager. A lager this crushable doesn't come around that often. Let's find out. I stand by that statement. So let's, Todd, what have you got for us on your final experience? Hit me. Yeah, I mean, played in a few finals, grand finals, but uh, it brings up uh, memories of preparing, as, as, as Ho's kind of question. And I remember uh, playing in the top league uh, grand final f- uh, for Suntory, and Eddie Jones was, and we look at and he was, you know, weeks out in advance of knowing that we're going to play in this game. We got to this point, and the weather, we just didn't know what the weather was going to be. I mean, it was 30 degrees, you know, one day, and it was 75 degrees the other day, and then back to snowing, and it was hot. So he was like, we got to prepare for it all. So we basically, you know, put trash bags on us, put the heater on yeah. and just started wrestling yeah. and sweating out and then just getting fitness going. And we're like, okay, now go outside. Just and you're like, you know, no shirt, just like now it's freezing. They come back and just like, we're just in, in the element. And we're just sitting here just like, I don't even know if this yeah. is legal. Like, like, why are you yeah. trying to sweat yeah. us out? Just, yeah. just, it was grand final. Um, that was probably a, you know one of the comical ones that that uh, that Eddie brought us to, and then. Uh, but for me personally, I, like uh, like Corb said, uh, you know that confidence. I mean, you know, confidence going into it and having something up your sleeve. You know, a trick play that like, hey, if we're in this area, and and I mean, and it's it's not too too risky, but it's a trick play that could actually like you get excited for, like, oh, we're in this area, are we going to do this? And the tails come up, and the guys get because they've never seen it on the other thing. So we've uh, you know had some uh, tricky short side line out, uh, you know drives or if a scrum or anything else. And I mean we had the, the personnel to, to do it, but I mean uh, that that was always you know learning new moves and always expecting it, but have that confidence going into it. And like you like you said, Corb, like if you're out working uh, your opposition, if you know mentally, it's like you know what I'm going to outplay this number. I'm going to go out there because I've done the work. I'm going to go out there and do it. That was, uh, you know, that, that kind of made, made it a lot easier. And, and easy, but, but for me, going into it, like everything else, relax, chilled, and just soak up the environment, you know. 
And those guys are have, have what a stage, you know, the Coliseum that they're about to play in, that locker room, who's been inside that locker room, who's been walking down that tunnel. I mean, we talked about earlier in the season. I mean, there's plaques of Nelson Mandela, JFK, the Beatles, Rolling Stones. Brian James. Um, you know, you exactly <laughs> OJ Simpson. I mean, you can, you can keep on going. But I mean that that is uh, that, that is a brilliant setting that those uh, those players get to uh, get I'm to probably gonna, endure. That just reminded me of probably my favorite thing about finals. Like my favorite thing about proper finals, like end of season finals, is you get to play like there is no tomorrow. There's no next week. Do you know what I mean? There's no. There's a brick wall. There's me. If I hit that, my season might be over. Your season is yeah. over in this game. And I feel like yeah. for me personally yeah. as a player, I played my best games at the big games or the finals when there's no tomorrow because you could just throw caution to the wind and go out there and fly into everything. And it's such a beautiful feeling as a player. I'm absolutely jealous as hell of the guys that get to suit up this weekend on both sides. You get to experience that. And, you know, for me, I think that's a great way to round up the pod guys and i think it's a it's a good one uh, i think it's gonna be a real treat um for all our diehards uh, stay tuned to our social media we're gonna be looked to having some content out on finals day as well we'll be getting some content out there and then we're gonna try and do some instagram lives maybe post game and record some sort of podcast reaction at the coliseum stay tuned for that keep an eye on our social media we'll make sure you guys are fully aware of all of that and then finally before i sign us off one last promo for the Team Gustidis hype train. Here at the American Rugby Show, we love Team USA. You can see we are representing. We also love Abby Gustidis. I'm the president of the Abby Gustidis fan club. Here is the Team USA Abby Gustidis rugby top. You can get this for any USA rugby player who is at the Olympics. The men are playing now. The women start on Wednesday in, in American time. Go to www.teamusashop.com. Look for rugby. You can pick your athlete, any of the USA rugby athletes. The link is in Abby Gustidis' bio. We're going to put it in the show's bio. Check my Instagram because I'll be swiping it up as well. Get behind this team. It is the pinnacle of the sports if you're a sevens player. USA are in. The men's already qualified for the quarterfinals. The women are raring to go. Let's go. Thank you to everyone on the American Rugby Show. We'll see you again soon. Lastly, a big thank you for this week's show, which was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.